Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. As always, thank you so much, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro to Silver and Black Flashback. And I hope to keep on earning that praise you give me. And never to be left out is my man Murph, the host of the greatest Raiders podcast out there. Thanks so much for the great opportunity you give me to be a part of Raiders Fan Radio, as well as having the chance to be a part of a network that helps out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. And also, my friend, I cannot thank you enough for saying such awesome things about my new book, Championship Diary, about our Raiders Super Bowl 18 victory. And if you get a chance, Raider Nation, please check it out on Amazon or go to the link provided on Murph's show. And to Murph's co-hosts, Swag Jeff and Michelle, and all of the silver and black faithful listening around the world, I am proud as hell to bring you stories of the people and moments that helped make our Raiders history so glorious. And with all that being said, why not get on with this, our time together once again on this episode of Silver and Black Flashback. The inspiration for this, our 61st time together, came from a framed picture I have of Matt Millen throwing a punch with a mean-as-hell look on his face. I have it on the wall of my workout room, so while lifting weights, I can see the pic and many others showcasing our famous and infamous heroes. And now, on with the story behind that picture on the wall. Our Raiders were riding a wave of success from 1980 through 1985 that saw them compile a 61-28 regular season record and two Super Bowl championships. In 1985, they were once again among the NFL elite, posting a 12-4 record and another AFC Western Division title to their credit. And there was talk around the league of the Raiders being a top contender for another Super Bowl run as they were set to face the New England Patriots in a divisional round of the playoffs, which seemed to many to be just a stepping stone to an AFC Championship game appearance for the Silver and Black. The last time the Raiders and the Patriots met in the playoffs was in a divisional playoff game in 1976. That game ended in a hard-fought 24-21 Raiders victory, and since then, the Patriots only made two trips back to the playoffs in 1978 and 1982 and making early exits with losses in the first round each time. Hell, as a matter of fact, the Patriots had five playoff games in their first 25 seasons and posted a 1-4 record with their lone win coming in an AFL divisional playoff game against the Buffalo Bills in 1963. The dawn of the Patriots' 20-year dynasty with head coach Bill Belichick and quarterback Tom Brady was still 16 years into the future when the team earned a playoff berth following an 11-5 regular season record. They then beat the New York Jets in the AFC wildcard game to set up a date with the Raiders in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum on January 5, 1986. With 87,163 on hand in the Coliseum, on an overcast 67-degree afternoon, the Patriots jumped out to a 7-0 first-quarter lead. 
Their chance came when Fulton Walker fumbled on a punt return and Jim Bowman recovered for the Patriots on the Los Angeles 21. And two plays later, quarterback Tony Eason threw a 13-yard pass to Lynn Dawson for the opening score. New England had a chance to extend their lead right after Dawson's touchdown when Ronnie Lippett intercepted Mark Wilson. The Raiders held, and from the Los Angeles 41, New England was forced to punt. Greg Townsend then gave the Raiders a huge opportunity by blocking the kick. Jeff Barnes then outran three Patriots to the ball and pounced on it on the New England 16. But the Patriots were not frazzled by the event and prevented the Raiders from cashing in on a touchdown. Chris Barr salvaged the drive with a 29-yard field goal to make it a 7-3 New England lead after the first quarter. Los Angeles then came alive in the second quarter and took the lead with 421 expired off the clock on a six-play 52-yard drive that was capped off on a 16-yard scoring strike from Mark Wilson to Jesse Hester, and Chris Barr's extra point then made it a 10-7 score. On New England's next possession, Mose Tatupu ran to the left, was hit by Rod Martin and Stacey Turan, he fumbled on his own 19, and Howie Long recovered the loose ball for the Raiders. Three runs by Marcus Allen followed, with a final one going for 11 yards and a score. Barr added the conversion, and with 8.53 left in the first half, Los Angeles was up 17-7. The Patriots looked to stop the Raiders' momentum and answered the challenge with a two-yard run by Craig James to cut the lead to 17-14 with three minutes and 38 seconds left in the second quarter. They then came all the way back after Ronnie Lippett intercepted his second Mark Wilson pass of the game, and Tony Franklin kicked a 45-yard field goal to tie it at 17-17. With less than two minutes left in the first half, Marcus Allen ran for 27 yards on two carries, Todd Christensen caught a 31-yard pass from Wilson, and Barr kicked a 32-yard field goal to complete a 10-play, 67-yard drive, which gave the Raiders a 20-17 halftime advantage. With time almost expired in the third quarter, Tony Franklin once again tied the game with a 32-yard field goal. And on the ensuing kickoff, Sam Seal fumbled and Jim Bowman recovered the ball in the end zone for a touchdown with 57 seconds remaining in the third quarter. The Raiders could not muster any other point production and the Patriots went on to shock the Los Angeles Raiders 27-20 and advance to the AFC Championship game. The game ended on the LA 15 with Tony Eason taking a snap from center and just dropping to the ground. But even though that was tame, the action did not stop there. The New England Patriots 33-year-old general manager, Patrick Sullivan, who was also the son of the Patriots' owner, had decided to heckle Boston native Howie Long for a good portion of the game. This was apparently in retaliation for some negative comments that Long expressed about the Patriots' organization that made it into the Boston newspapers during the week leading up to this game. Apparently, Sullivan claimed Howie Long said that half of the players on the New England roster would rather be playing for the Raiders, and if he was on the Patriots, he wouldn't have been half the player he was. Well, hell yeah, Mr. Long. I mean, really, who wouldn't have wanted to play for one of the top teams that win Super Bowls in the sunshine and glitz and glamour of L.A.? Sounds like the envy of most players around the league at that time. And Howie Long also called the Sullivan family classless. At the end of the game, Sullivan came up to Long and began talking to him by the runway leading to the Coliseum locker rooms. Long decided to play act and made it like he was going to destroy Sullivan. 
Long just wanted to see the spoiled little rich boy jump back in fear. Nothing wrong so far, folks. It seemed like Howie just wanted to make Sullivan think a bit about his loud mouth. Long shoved Sullivan a little, and he grabbed Howie's face mask. Now, Sullivan surely did that because he felt that he had players around him to quickly break up any action Long might have taken next. Anyone can be brave, Mr. Sullivan, with an army of massive football players watching your back against just one man. Well, the bad boy act of Sullivan's quickly disappeared, all thanks to Howie's teammate, Matt Millen, who came rushing in to what he thought was the rescue. Millen was a bit, well, more than a bit mad as hell about the loss as he made his way toward the tunnel that led to the locker rooms. It was then that he spotted who he thought was an obnoxious fan that got past security and onto the field. Millen thought a fight was brewing. Sullivan never saw Millen coming. Millen grabbed Sullivan's hair, jerked his head back, and threw him. Sullivan must have had a burst of victory adrenaline surging through him because he took a swing at Millen. The passionate and intense linebacker ducked, and with one mighty thrust, he landed a vicious blow to Sullivan that provided him with a nasty cut above the left eye. It was first claimed that Millen used his helmet to deliver the blow, but he corrected that statement by saying he just landed a solid punch with his right fist. A classic photo of the incident, and yes, the same one that hangs in my workout room that provided the inspiration for this story, shows that Millen did throw a punch with just his fist. Regardless of the way Sullivan was blasted, a rumble started, and players, coaches, and even media members jumped in to break up the fight. Millen was now in a full rage as two Patriot players stepped in to get Millen to back off. He paced back and forth, ready for another shot at Sullivan, and wanted to know just what the hell he had against Howie Long. Well, after cooler heads prevailed, Millen made his way to the locker room, where a member of the Raiders' personnel staff was waiting for him. The staff member then told Mellon that he had better get a lawyer, but Mellon still didn't understand why. He felt that he was protecting a teammate and a friend from some whacked-out fan. It was then that Mellon was informed that Sullivan was not a crazed fan, but the general manager of the Patriots, as well as the son of the team's wealthy owner. Over the months that followed, both Sullivan and Millen showed regret for what happened, and the incident then made its way into our famous and infamous lore without any lasting legal problems. The Raiders might have lost the game, but they still kept their outlaw image pristine as ever. And with that, we are once again at the end of another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. It is now time for me to hand out some respect. On this occasion, I want to send out birthday wishes to longtime listener Josh H. Thanks, my man, for all the laughs, mostly at my expense, but still funny as hell nonetheless. And I hope you get some more of those awesome t-shirts that I will never understand for your birthday. And, well, I guess I have to mention Jim P. along with Josh so that he doesn't feel left out. So, yes, Jim, you are awesome as well. And with that, my silver and black faithful, I want to say I love and thank you all for listening. What an awesome family we have. And now, all together, loud and proud, let's bring this one home. And how do we do it? With four simple words. So, ready. One, two, three. Let me hear it from Matt, Bruce, Bamba, and everyone else. Here we go. Love your Raider Nation. <laughs>